Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. If you're comfortable to close your eyes with me, Father, we thank you this morning that we can praise you no matter what. Maybe you're here this morning and you're on the highlands. Things are going good. The kids are healthy and happy. The bills are paid. Life's good. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're here this morning and you're in the valley and you can't see a way out. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter where you are. God is still worthy of your praise and praise. He deserves it. But it just unlocks something inside of us when we come from a posture of, you know what? It's not about me. It's all about Him. He is so worthy. And your position may not change, but I guarantee you your perspective on your life will change when you praise Him anyway. Your perspective changing is one of the greatest miracles that can happen. And so this morning, Father, I pray for every person that's come in. A special blessing this morning that the blind eyes, the spiritual blind will see this morning. That there will be a sight, a revelation knowledge that you will see something that you haven't seen before from God this morning. Father, something into our lives this morning for every heart that would be open. I thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for what you're going to do. In that song, it says, Your name can move mountains. And I pray this morning, Father, for the kind of anointing in this place that moves mountains as we speak and come under the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Great to be with you this morning. Thank you, worship team. Love it. Love it. My name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm going to get into an exciting word I've got for you this morning. But before I do... Just got a few announcements and a few things to uh, do. Summer is here, hey? I love summer. I love summer. Anyone else love summer? (laughs) I just love it. Okay. Hey, lots happening, lots going on in the life of the church. And we just want to say a big congratulations to those who got baptized on Friday night. Well done. In fact, there was... um, the four baptisms on Friday night, and if you are here, I'd love to give you a certificate. If you're not, um, Pastor Tim, our youth pastor and team, will be able to give these certificates. But I just want to let the church know, on Friday night, our youth ministry went to the beach, Coogee, and had baptisms. And that is worth celebrating. People stepping over the line to say, you know what, I'm all in for Jesus. I'm getting baptized. There was uh, a lady called Tegan Rowcliffe. I don't think she's here, but we want to celebrate Tegan. If she is here, though, do tell me, somebody, one of the team. Um, We also had Malachi Williams. Is Malachi here today? That's cool. That's all right. Just checking. Talia Hobson, I knew she wasn't going to be here, but it's still worth mentioning. And Caitlin Hitchens. I don't suppose Caitlin's here? Did Caitlin say that herself? No, someone else. (laughs) I just want to acknowledge them and let you know that, you know, um, sometimes there's so much that happens in the life of our church that we don't all see. And often uh, when we sit down and have a coffee with uh, our leadership team or, and the, some of the pastoral team and we start hearing the stories, it's just so much to praise God for. And I'd love next year, I don't know if we can, how we can do this, but I'd love to set something up where you can uh, maybe email in the testimonies at Kalamunda or something. We'll get, and just to be able to have a platform where we can really share what God's doing in and through um, the life and ministry here. How good is Friendsmas tonight? Tonight? 
35, 4, 5, yeah, people. Well done, you guys, on organising that. Uh, and that's our young adult community, which is really growing. And it's really been on my heart. I've been here for two years now. And a part of uh, the eldership's heart when I came was to try and really personally invest into the life of our young adult ministry. And I've loved that. And just seeing the growth of the leaders and now what God's doing is so good. There's three parts. There's sort of like the young adult services, the young adult socials, the hangs, and then there's the spiritual, the grows. And uh, I just want to announce and let you know, we're gonna, I'm going to pray if that's okay, if they'll be brave enough. We've actually, on Tuesday night, who enjoyed Tuesday night grow night? <laughs> Had a grow night with the young adults, and Joss and Kate Hendry came along, and they were on the spot, in the spotlight, Q&A and sharing, and it was just a fantastic night. And um, Joss and Kate uh, came to me a while ago, in, in, and were praying about what God's calling and where their, where their heart to serve here at Kalamunda was. And, um, and I encourage them to pray about it and, and look at where their passion is. They're already serving like in, um, on rosters and things with welcoming and that sort of thing. But they came and said they have a real heart for young adults. And, and that was an answer to prayer for me. That was fantastic. And, and so we've been on a bit of a journey of what that would look like for Josh and Kate to oversee spiritually the life of our young adult ministry. And so through the last few weeks, we've looked at what that job role looks like. It's a voluntary role that they're willing to do that still comes with a bit of a job description and a bit of an idea. And, and so I would love them to come forward in a moment and maybe one of the two of the elders, we're going to pray over them and we're releasing them. And I want them to come forward so you see them and know, hey, keep Josh and Kate in your prayers. Uh, they have five children of their own. They've had lots of life experience and ministry experience and come with a rich background of uh, walking with God. And that was evident on Tuesday night, wasn't it? That, that walk with God. And so we're excited that they want to invest in and oversee spiritually uh, our young adult ministry. Because who knows that when you finish youth and stuff like that, it's so easy to just fall off and, and to get missed in the, fall through the cracks, as we say. And at Kalamunda, we really want to have a heart, passion and focus that, hey, this is a church for all generations. Young adults. So Josh and Kate, would you come forward? Don't have to come up the front, but we'll come down here if my mic lets me do that. And Claire or someone around? Claire, I'm going to ask you to pray over Josh and Kate. So... Um, and I just want to thank you guys for your willingness and your heart for Kalamunda um, to come. And you've been here about a year now, did you say? Almost two. Almost two years, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really see you for the first year, right? No. <laughs> and uh, I've just loved getting to know these guys and hearing their heart and, and just the realness and the rawness about how they love God and follow God and, and with their family. And so I'm going to ask, Claire, would you pray a blessing over them as we set them apart for this ministry? Absolutely, church, will you join with me? Heavenly Father, we bless Kate and Joss and their family in Jesus' name for the role and the calling that you've placed in their hearts to journey with our young people here at Kalamunda. Lord, continue to enlarge their hearts, continue to give them favour, continue to guide them, continue to work through them as they do demonstrate love to your family. Jesus, we pray as a church family, strength and your um, angels to guard Kate and Joss's family as they step into the next space that you're calling them. And we bless them and we thank you, Jesus, for the work, the calling, and their obedience to follow you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's give it up for Josh and Kate. Thank you very much. 
Wonderful, wonderful. We're in, we're in a, uh, a growing season, a growing phase, and we've got our AGM tomorrow night. And uh, part of a growing phase, if you know the story of Moses and Jethro, is a real lot of delegation and seeing people rise up in their callings and giftings. Can I grab a water if somebody's got one? That'll be good. Um, and so that's part of what we see for the future of people stepping into their God-given callings in different areas. So I'm excited. Just to let you know, tomorrow night's AGM is actually 7 p.m. Not 7.30, yep. So 7 p.m. So please note that. Thank you. That a, thank you. Good on you, Nate. Uh, 7 p.m., not 7.30. So if you come at 7.30, we'll be doing the closing prayer. That's how. I'm really looking forward to the AGM. I, I am really looking forward. Thank you to all the reports that went out. If you are not a member there are a report, and you're a part of the life of the church here and you are interested, the reports are just down the back under the generosity area there in hard copy. And you are most welcome if you are interested in membership, if this is your spiritual home, if you believe that God is calling you here, there's a backlog of a lot of members that I haven't, we haven't got to in our system yet to bring on to membership, but will be. Please still come. You can't vote because of our constitution, obviously, uh, on, on matters, but please still come and be part of the life of the church if you call this place home and are interested. Is that cool? Excellent. All right. Sorry. For a bit. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. That's what we want to hear, the Word of God this morning. I remember when I was just a young boy, and I'll never forget... When I, one night I, I was uh, trying to go to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought I was going to die. And I called mum, said, mum, come on into my room, come on in my room. And she said, what's the matter? And I said, it's my legs, my legs are in so much pain, it's just killing me, please cut my legs off. She's like, looks at me and says, Brad, it's okay, it's just growing pains. I said, oh, I don't want the growing pains. I don't want to grow. I want to stay the same. I don't want this pain. I want to go through the pain of all of this. He said, it's okay. It's going to be all right. It's just growing pains. Who's ever had growing pains? Growing pains. I, I, I was going to move on to our Christmas series this morning, but I felt in my heart this week and was confirmed through Abby, our worship leader, actually something that we were talking about, that I felt a word stirring on my heart for us as a church and is, is this area of growing pains. As we go through a growing season, growing pains happened. I actually put it in my report. It's an exciting season we're in, a growth phase, I believe, and with growth comes great excitement, great joy, but also some growing pains happen. And, you know, I want to tell you that a lot of churches and a lot of ministries and Christians, even us, sometimes don't want to go through the growing pains and would rather cut our legs off and become stunted Christians and dwarf churches. Because if you don't go through the pain of growth, you'll end up with the pain of being the same. You can either embrace two pains in our life and in our church. You can have the pain of growing or you can have the pain of regret and staying the same. Choose your pain. That's the message this morning. Choose your pain in life. You can need, which one are we going to choose? And at Calamunda, I believe there's some key things that we need to know this morning around choosing the pain, growing pains as a church. So this is the message I put together yesterday afternoon when I realised I wasn't going to preach on Christmas. But we will get to Christmas because didn't Luke Winter do an awesome job last week? I just got to say, we are blessed, blessed with um, so many wonderful gifts here and especially the teaching gift on Luke's life. That was 
Awesome. So thank you, Luke. And it set us up for Christmas, and that'll go next week. <laughs> it was a really wonderful, wonderful sermon. If you haven't checked out our podcast, make sure you do. You know, we want to avoid becoming a stunted Christian. And if you look at the early church, there was a lot of uh, mathematics going on in the early church. In the book of Acts, we see that when Jesus had uh, left, ascended, died, rose again, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and sent the Holy Spirit, that there was 120 people that was seeking God. And on the day of Pentecost, that 120 turned into 3,120 when 3,000 people were added to the church, became Christians. And so there was addition. We also see, uh, moving down a bit in the book of Acts, we see uh, that some subtractions happen. And we see with Ananias and Sapphira, where, when the church offering got taken up and it was a, there was death, another sermon. But that, if you read the Bible, it's amazing, it's true, it's real and it's raw. And we see the uh, subtraction, we see people sometimes going away. But then we see more multiplication happening as thousands more in the book of Acts come. And they're growing and they're growing. And then we see after addition, subtraction, multiplication in Acts chapter 6, we see division happening where there's like these murmurings and complaining because with growth phases comes murmuring and complaining and then we see they delegate and a guy called Stephen comes on the scene full of the Holy Spirit and faith and we see they deal with some of the murmurings and complainings. All that to say when we're growing there's going to be pains, (laughs) there's going to be things happening and even in your personal life and I want to give you four things that will help you and help us as a church to ensure we don't end end up spiritually stunted, spiritually small. Are you ready for them? Here they are. Number one is we need to embrace the milk and the meat. The first thing when a child is born, and I've watched three happen, and uh, it was hard work. Hey, having children is hard. It's tough. And I remember standing there thinking, this is hard work, but it was even harder for Sky. And so when they were born, the first thing they naturally need is to get their mother's milk. It's vital to survival. It's vital. And so it is in our spiritual birth. When you become a Christian, and we've been blessed with some um, uh, new salvations this year, people becoming Christians, blessed with people getting baptized, you need the milk. You need to be feeding in a way that you grow. And it says this in 1 Peter 2.2, catch this, like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. That word crave, it's like it's so necessary. Uh, sometimes people will have an emotional experience or an emotional encounter or say, I oh, 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 want, want Jesus. And I've seen them come forward and come to the front and, and want to pray a prayer and things like that. And sometimes it's, nothing happens. It's like they go away and they haven't changed. And they go back to their life. What's going on there? And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes... It's just because they may have become a Christian, but they're not feeding. And they're going to be stunted because they haven't got into the milk. And the milk says to crave it. And if you've ever watched a lamb, which I've watched a lot of lambs, suckle off their mothers to get that milk, it is like ferocious. Like they they just go crashing in there. I don't know how the mums do it, but they they, they are craving it. And they, they just want it. And they're like sponges for it. And that's what this is saying here, to crave God's foundations, God's Uh, The foundations of God's word are like milk, and milk just needs to happen all the time. And uh, what what are, you might say, what are milk? Well, they they are the elementary teachings, the Bible calls them, about the foundations, and they are so important to build a strong foundation. And that's why next year, 
we are launching the Alpha course, the Alpha program. And Liesl, where's Liesl down the front here? Give us a wave. Liesl is going to be part of heading up the Alpha course. And on February the 19th is a Monday night at 6.30 p.m. with food. Well done. You, we haven't even practiced this. That was great. At 6.30 with food for six weeks before Easter and six weeks after Easter, we're running the Alpha program. And Liesl, if you want to be part of the team to serve that program, maybe with food or maybe just to be, you are a Christian, but you're like, you know what, I've never done that and I would like to go over the foundations. You could help facilitate. You could help be one of the people on the tables that helps facilitate. See Liesl, see myself. But you know why that's so important? is because we're an outward-focused church that wants to see people come to know Jesus, so we want them to have the way to get the milk, the way to get a foundation in their life. And by committing to God's Word as a discipline, it's like the growing pains to grow up. But you know we can't stay on milk. There would be nothing more weird than seeing a 15-year-old still on their mother's milk. That would just be abnormal. We need to move on, and it says this in Hebrews 5.11. We have much to say about this. It's like, I'd love to teach you more, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. It's like, and the word there is you've become dull of hearing. Your ears are on, but you can't hear what we're trying to say. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. We did a study on this at Young Adults a few little while ago. By this time, does anyone remember how many years that was? Thank you, because I couldn't. I really appreciate that. So it was five years. I'm serious. You guys are here to preach with me. I knew we studied it, so thank you. It was five years. And uh, by this time, when the, by, by the time Paul, whoever the writer was, we say, had been there to this time. So five years of being a Christian, you should be teaching others now, but you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Watch this. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, here's the key, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Maturing spiritually takes growing up in the Word of God into solid food so that by constant use we can discern God's will in our Lives, And I think that's what I come with a passion for. I love seeing people come to know Jesus as an evangelist. It's my, it just floats my boat. I love it. That's what I'm all about. But man, discipleship and, and growing up in the Word of God is what's going to make our church stronger. And having the meat of God's Word and not just staying on milk. Could you imagine? It's a bit like um, when we move from being spoon-fed to being self-fed. And that's why we have an intentional focus here on new believers, on outward focus, that type of thing, because that is our calling. But we want to see people move from being spoon-fed to being self-fed, where they can feed themselves. Could you imagine having uh, access to your fridge but not knowing how to open the door? That's what it would be like. You have access to the fridge and you're like, Mom, I would love all, some of the food in there. Hey, our kids know how to open that door. It's a revolving door. 
never stops. Well, this is the fridge of God's promises. This is the fridge of God's word. This is the meat. And we need to open the door ourselves. And that's why it's so important to develop in your own life uh, the growing pains of getting into the word of God, of reading it. Because when the crisis comes and you can go, that's okay, I'm going to open the fridge. And you open that fridge and pull out that promise and say, no, by his stripes, I have been healed. Come on, that you can pull out the fridge and say, oh, no, I know I am forgiven when all that doubt comes because I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And we pull out the meat of God's word that by constant use, constant use that we are in will train us to live how God wants us to live. Can you open the fridge? Just like a physical muscle is developed physically, how do we do it? It's constant use. In fact, it's the same repetition the same mundane, go back to the gym again and do it all over again. But if you resist the mundane, you will miss the miraculous. Because it is, I love that quote, I don't know who said it, but I just stole it. If you miss the mundane, you, if you resist it, and if we resist the growing pains of knowing God's word, and sometimes oh, I'm going to church again, yeah, coming to church again, I want to be under God's word, I want to hear his word, so that by constant use, I'm developing the spiritual muscles in my life. And uh, if you have trouble reading the Bible, I'd encourage you, talk to somebody maybe a bit more mature in the faith and say, how do you do it? What, what, how do you get into the, God's Word? How do you make it real in your life? Teach me, show me. We need people to help us in our life. The growing pains in our spiritual life. The second thing, I feel like this is just some thoughts on my heart um, for where we're at as a church. Is that cool? Because so much of our world today, we're more literate in everything but the Bible, aren't we? And that's our heart is that, hey, we are, at Kalamunda, we are Bible-believing Christians. It is the Word of God that directs our life. And, and this is what can happen next, number two, which can be a bit more challenging when we really get into it. Um, to avoid being stunted, we need to know how to deal with conflict and offence biblically. We need to know how to deal with conflict and offences in a biblical way, this is a big thing to not being a stunted Christian and not growing up. Has anybody ever heard or, or ever experienced in their life something called a toddler? <laughs> a toddler. I used to judge parents of toddlers, and then I had one. <laughs> and I don't judge parents of toddlers anymore. Toddlers are God's way of humbling us, parents. Who knows that? Toddlers have a way of creating conflict easy. They have a way of uh, making our blessed job as parents to help them negotiate the growing pains of tantrums and conflict. And sometimes in church, it can feel like we're dealing with toddlers. Because often we're having tantrums and things over things that really are not the main thing, that really are not the important thing, and we need to grow in how we deal with conflict and deal with offence biblically. It's in our spiritual life. How we handle conflict and offence is a clear sign of where we are at mature, mature, in maturity. And I'm preaching to myself here. I'm on a journey just like you. Um, and how we get offended. Because who knows, Jesus promised something. He said, offences will come. It's a promise. Uh, the Bible says in the last days, many will be offended. The world we live in, it's, it's weird not to be offended. Just look, someone look at you the wrong way, you look at them the wrong way, it's like everyone's offended or you write something and they're offended or you post something. Offenses are everywhere, conflict and offense, even in the church. I mean, if you haven't witnessed a good deacon punch up, you haven't lived. <laughs> I mean that, I've seen it. 
I've, I've been on the church foyer before and watched some, one guy holding one, one person back and I'm like, this is exciting. I love church. <laughs> in fact, I heard someone say it's in offences and conflict where Christians act more like atheists than atheists. It's like, where's God in all this? It's like he's gone. It's like he can't, and, and we take control ourselves and we need to be in control. But growing, a growing church will always attract conflict and offences because the enemy has targeted it. And we're going to be in this world, just by the way, of conflict and offence no matter what. So if you think, oh, I know what the answer is, just never get offended. Probably not realistic. Offences are going to come. There's going to be opportunity to be offended for sure. And some people are more difficult than others to offend. Some people are good at offending others. If you don't know which one you are, I'm going to stop there. So Proverbs 19 says this. It says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. Now look, sometimes offences can't be overlooked and they need to be looked into. I get that. But generally speaking, it's talking here that's to be to just not get offended, to overlook it, to be able to be like water off a duck's back in a good way, will heap is to your glory, it is to your benefit. Spiritual growth requires not letting offense get on the inside of you. And how does it happen? It happens when you have the opportunity to be offended, and what you do is you take it, you pick it up. And when you pick it up and you carry it, even just the other week, I was in a meeting, not with church here or anything like this. I was in this other meeting in a community thing, and this person had said something to me, and I was straight away, I don't like this guy. Like, he doesn't even know me, and his first sentence was to critique something about me. I was like, man, I'm a, and I, I, I had to watch myself for the rest of the meeting. I'm like, I don't, I don't I won't worry about what he's got to say in this meeting. And I was like, I'm, why am I getting, and I was like, I picked it up. I can't believe I picked that up. And and so I had to sort of do some internal prayer during the meeting and and drop it. That's how you get rid of offense. Just drop it, overlook it, go, why am I getting offended? I love Joyce Meyer's book in uh, Power Thought. She's got one whole chapter that says this, a power thought. I am difficult to offend. I forgive freely and easily. And that's a great power to meditate. That's that's who I am. I'm difficult to offend. Don't try me though. (laughs) I forgive freely and easily. We don't need to outwork that one. But hey, offences will come, conflict in church will come, and to be honest, these are our growing pains as a people. And for you personally, in your family, how you deal with the conflict, how you deal with the growing pains when, when our kids, there's always going to be conflict, there's always going to be things. And hey, Christmas is the best time of year to start to walk in the Spirit and start to go, how am I going to walk in this stuff in some of these family events I've got? How are you? I want to encourage you, I'm being serious right now, if, you're, if, if you've got things at your house, and it's your house, and you're, you're, the, you're a Christian and you're the man of that house, you're the woman of that house, make sure the atmosphere is one of this, that we're going to be a people of peace. I'm not going to let them steal my peace. I'm not going to, you know, I might have opportunity to get offended, but I'm going to walk in the spirit and I'm going to be a person of peace. I'm not letting them steal it. Because your peace is too important to let it go. Like that's what God's given you. Don't let offense take that away. Hold on to your Peace. There are biblical ways to deal with conflict. I'm going to read Matthew 18. This is, I'm just going to gloss over this, but I want you to know this. I want you to know this is the way, the biblical way. Verse 15, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. So it's your responsibility. It's something we can all do. Sometimes there are 
different situations where you can't go to that person. And the Bible simply says to live at peace, do your part to live at peace with all men. And there may be other things you need to do. I'm well aware of that. But just in generally speaking, when you have the opportunity, go straight to the person before you post it on Facebook, all right? Before you post it on Instagram. Go to the person that says privately. And then, to be honest, that's where 90% of conflicts should should be resolved in the life of a church. But I'm not saying there aren't other ones. Because it says, if the person listens and confesses it, you have won the person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two other people who share your view and really agree with you. (laughs) Doesn't say that, does it? (laughs) Take one or two other people. I would say trusted, safe people who are maybe neutral and maybe come with a very good lens that can help see both sides. Um, Take them so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. And that's important. I think that's really important to be able to do that. It also goes on to say, and I'm not going there today, but it goes on to say there are times where you need to take it to the church or you need to go to a leader because maybe you can't go to the person direct. And that's biblical and that is totally fine. But what I'm saying is in the growing pains, imagine if we all just lived this way. Imagine if, if our families lived that way and we talked to the person and we went there. I think, that, I think we would see real growth. The real key is to build a family culture here at Kalamunda where we have that openness, we have that transparency. I think that's what I loved about Tuesday night at Young Adults was the openness and the transparency. There was 18 young adults there. There was Joss and Kate and myself and we were just, just the openness and transparency. Hey, let's be real. We're not perfect and that's okay. We're all here because one person is perfect and his name is is Jesus. Okay, on that point, moving on to my third point, which is to avoid spiritual stuntedness, is to embrace discipline. Again, these are some messages we don't often hear at church, um, but I think they're really important for us as a church. Discipline is not a cool word these days. In a world going crazy, though, I think we're seeing the results of generations that have no discipline in their life and are stunted and no discipline leads to wildness. I remember as a youth pastor um, and my experience in other churches, being a leader, being a youth pastor, I've actually been able to serve under quite a few different senior leaders. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've experienced how different leadership bring different discipline. And fair to say, I have really figured out what I don't want to do, <laughs> as well as trying to develop how I feel like our church, the culture we should have. But there was this one leader who really blessed me. It was really hard, and I came under discipline that I needed to submit to. And I'll never forget what he said. And it's on the screen. It says, correction, Brad, is never rejection. Correction is not rejection. And it's really important to understand that correction is actually completely fueled when it's done properly by love. It's completely the foundation is love. It's not a personal rejection. Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Whoever hates correction is stupid. Just says it, doesn't it? (laughs) Revelation 3.19, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Hebrews 12.5b says this, B part of this, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens every, everyone he accepts as a son. Catch this. Let God's discipline in your life be a reminder that he loves you and a confirmation that you're his child. You belong to him. 
And I think embracing discipline is a powerful thing for all of our lives. You think about an athlete in the terms of when they listen to their coach, when their coach is giving them discipline, they don't take it as a personal attack. They take it as the road to their success. So they're listening to their coach because they're listening to the coach. And I'm not, just talk, I'm not talking about ch- just church leadership. I'm talking about our big coach, the main coach, the chief coach. When he comes and convicts you and brings things in your life and, and brings direction and correction and says, hey, we need to correct this. It's because he loves you and it's because he's trying to get you on the path to success like an awesome coach. And it always comes from love. And everyone who avoids discipline, don't you think, is stunted. Think about people in workplaces, when they finally get into the big real world and get in their workplace, you can soon tell whether they've embraced discipline in their life or not by how they show up, how they work, all that sort of stuff. And you can say, man, this person has not had discipline. And it's so important that we embrace, hey, what does it look like in our lives to be disciplined? We need to move from being disciplined to self-discipline. Amen? That's the greatest one. And my last point is this one. Are you with me still? Okay, we're cool. All right. Okay, the growing pain of, this is the last one, not getting your own way. Not getting our own way. That can be a growing pain for churches that are going through growth, uh, for families that are going through growth. Um, Getting married has a way (laughs) of um, casting out the spirit of getting your own way. For example, and with no permission from anybody to share these stories, no, for example, Sky, um, for our honeymoon, really, 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 really wanted to go to Mauritius for our honeymoon. Um, but soon she realised she'd have to settle for Bustleton. <laughs> and ever since, she has not been getting her own way. In fact, I'm just kidding. Uh, in fact, Sky, um, uh, I mean, this has actually taught me in marriage so much about what it means to grow spiritually more than anything else, by not getting her own way. <laughs> Let me clarify. <laughs> I'm going to have a drink. <clears throat> it's all right. I'm on the way out, Dave. I'm going up now. You know, Sky didn't grow up in a Christian home, and she doesn't know I'm going to share this, but I hope I'll live to survive the next week. Um, she didn't grow up in a Christian home, and um, before, she became a Christian just before we got engaged, actually. And over the years, when I've led our family, uh, there have been times when she has trusted me and not got her own way, even though things looked ridiculous. For example, after one year of being married, and I said to Sky, I really feel that I need to uh, go three days a week and go full-time Bible college study. I think that's the calling for my life. And she said, okay, if you believe God's in that, may not be what I had planned, Definitely maybe not what she saw, but she said, okay. Then uh, time goes by. Uh, we buy our first house together. And we decided, because I believe that it was time to pack everything up, we had a map of the world in front of us, a dart. A dart. I closed my eyes and I threw it. And I said, that's where, this is a true story, <laughs> that's where we're going to go and minister for Jesus. And Sky said, Okay. <laughs> It landed in the UK, and I applied for a youth pastor job at a charismatic Anglican church in the UK, and never got it, praise the Lord. Because <laughs> even I didn't want to go. But this idea of, we actually sold our house and took a job in Townsville, and 
sold everything and with one child moved to Townsville knowing no one to pastor a church of 12 people. And Sky said, okay. And then a few years later, that one, we had nine months later, we had to come back home with the plans that all changed and went a bit pear-shaped and we're going back home to WA with no job and no idea. And then three years later, we've now settled into another house and three kids all under five. So you would think like, great, time to nest and settle, three little kids under five. And I again said to Sky, I feel called that we need to go over to a place in Victoria to be the youth pastor uh, in this church. Um, And we know nobody there, by the way. Um, And Sky said, okay, if you believe God's calling us. So we did, uh, packed everything up again, went over to a place where we knew nobody to minister and just trusted me. She just trusted me completely with what I believed was God's calling on our life. Now, that is questionable on some of my decisions, but Sky said, okay. All of that to say I have an amazing wife, and that's not where the sermon lands, but the worship team can come back up if they like. All of that to say we made those decisions together, of course, but it wasn't always what Sky wanted, and I know it wasn't always what she signed up for. And when you become a Christian, and as Sky's faith grew, she would say things like, as she went through the growing pains, if you believe God's in this, Brad, then I am with you, I'm for you, let's do it. And that's what it takes, I think, to grow in our maturity with God when he leads us and guides us and we don't always get our own way. A sign of maturity is that we look to God and we go beyond our stunted, selfish size and we say, God, okay, I'm saying yes to your calling. And when we do that, we allow for some of the most amazing growth to happen. I look back at some of the crazy decisions I've made that we've said okay to, and it's, oh, out of all them decisions, God has grown us through pains and different things, and is still doing it, by the way. Coming to Kalamunda was, has been a great blessing for us, but it has also been a growing pain. I'm growing like you're growing, and in this next season that we're going into, and I feel this is pertinent message as we have our AGM tomorrow night, and as we look at where we're at as a church and look at the year ahead and as our eldership team are looking at fresh vision and where we're heading is that we need to be able to look to God and say, no, it's not about me. It's not about me getting my way, but how can I serve his way? How can I come under his leadership, his correction, his discipline, his direction, and I just say, Lord, I want to go your way. It's not about my way. James 3.5, a couple of the last scriptures says this, For jealousy and selfishness are not the God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and demonic. Selfishness has a demonicness about it because the centre of sin is I. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. Selfishness and that have to get my own way spirit is demonic. It's evil. And we need to move from selfishness to surrender and say, God, not my way, your way. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You know, Christian maturity, real Christian maturity as we keep growing is all about being others focused. And that is why our vision is to be outward focused because it's not about us. In fact, the closer we get to Jesus, those words will more and more and more and more ring true. Even Jesus had to experience his growing pains in a sense when, and you know the story, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed 
three times, not once, not twice, three times to God. And he prayed this prayer as he was looking at the cross and looking what was before him. He prayed this prayer. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken unless I drink it, taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. May your will be done. Jesus is our example. And he said, God, it's not about me. He came under God's direction and submitted his life to him and said, your will be done. And he sweated drops of blood. And he's looking at the cross and he went to the cross and he humbled himself that much to die for you and me to make a way. And he made a way that salvation would not be stunted, but it would be fully grown. In fact, he didn't just stay on that cross. He didn't just rise from the dead. He was ascended to the Father. He ascended and sat down at the right hand of God. That's how far he grew. That's the growing pains he went through. He went that high. And I want to tell you, he's calling Calamunda Church saying, hey, come on, would you follow me? Come through the pain of growth. Come through the pain of the hard things. But watch, I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to take you to a level high and lifted up, not for our name, for his name's sake, for his glory glory for the kingdom of God and I'll tell you he's calling you he's calling me to come and say it's not about me it's all about him and so as I finish this morning this message I just want to leave you with that thought is where are the growing pains in your life and are you avoiding them or embracing them and do it with Jesus yeah I feel it's a bit of a heavier word this morning and that's okay but I would invite you to stand with me as I pray a blessing over us. If you want to stand and close your eyes, I want to challenge us and bless us. Thank you, Jesus. As always, there will be our prayer team around or, and elders and leaders at the front around or to the sides if you need prayer for anything. But Father, right now we come before you and Lord, I just submit myself to you. Lord, uh, it's a wonderful blessing to be one of the leaders here, to be part of a team that want to see every person in Kalamunda and beyond, one for Jesus, who want to see every person in this church grow to maturity. So I just pray, Father, against the schemes of the enemy to come and to steal, kill, and destroy. Father, we just speak life, life. You came to bring life and life to the full. And I just speak, Father, over our church in this growing phase, this growing season, that the growing pains, Lord, would be blessings that we look to to go. It may hurt at times, but I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. I'm growing up into all that He's called me to be. I'm not going to stay an infant. I'm not going to stay on milk. I'm going to move to meat. I'm going to receive the correction and direction that He wants for my life because I don't want to miss out on what God's got. So I pray that over every person I speak, speak your hand upon their life your blessing over their life and for even people this morning that maybe have come in they don't know you Jesus may today Jesus may you make yourself real to them and this is an opportunity for you this morning where every head is bowed and eyes closed if you're here this morning and you would say I've never given my life to Jesus never given my life to Jesus I'm not forgiven of my sin but today I've suddenly realized I need that forgiveness I need that gift if that's you I want to pray a prayer for you. And if you're comfortable just to come down the front and pray it with me, I invite you to walk down now and just I'll shake your hand. If there's any person who's never done that, this is your opportunity to come forward and I'll pray with you. Cool. Always like to give the invitation. Cool. 
Father, we just give you glory, give you praise. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing and have done in the life of Kalamunda so far. And we thank you, Father, that the best is yet to come. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team.